Hey guys, and welcome back to the FFP. Today, I want to break down for you our power rankings, and I'm actually going to be covering all 32 NFL teams. I won't be breaking them into tiers simply because I think a lot of these teams are way too close. I mean, you take a look at a team like the Green Bay Packers, they will be competing for a Super Bowl this season, and I can say that without a doubt. But they're really just one injury away to a key star like Aaron Jones or Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams. Boom from then not being even a team that we might expect to win the division if you lose Rodgers. You, you would probably expect they wouldn't even make playoffs. So, yeah, I tend to think that most teams are super con- super close. The league is super competitive, and so for that sake, I'm going to avoid tiers and simply rank them straight up and tell you why I ranked them that way, starting with our number one. So let's just get right into it. Who do I think has the best shot at winning the Super Bowl this season? So at number one, I think we got to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, we know how fantastic that offense is. Pat Mahomes is electric. I mean, honestly, with the weapons they've got, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and and even Clyde Hilaire-Edwards out of the backfield, it's really hard not to see, even against a great defense, even against teams like the Rams or even the Bears defense, or like it doesn't matter what it is. They could be down by 21 points at halftime, and that offense will always keep them in it. You know how I know that? Because they've done it before. Heck, they've done it before in the playoffs. So, yeah, again, we know that. We know their defense is actually a little bit underrated as well. Certainly not an elite defense, but I'm going to go ahead and call the Chiefs defense um, probably above average might be the, the phrase to use there. So, for me, the question is addressing the offensive line, right? We look back at last season, the offensive line was horrendous, and it got them shut down in the Super Bowl. But I want to address a few things. One, they still made the Super Bowl, right? Two, they made the Super Bowl, and they had a very clear and obvious need to fill. So it was pretty simple to go ahead and fill it for them. Sure, it still cost draft capital and salary, and they needed to make moves. But they were still able to do that because it was an obvious adjustment to make. And they did. They threw big money out there to get Joe Thune. They also made an awesome trade. And I mean, awesome trade to get tackle Orlando Brown, who could very well like be likely be like an all pro guy for him or for the Chiefs for like the next decade. And then they even go out and draft Creed Humphrey at center. So they really bolstered their offensive line, which was the only issue that I had with that team. Certainly their defense wasn't perfect and certainly they could have used an extra wide receiver. But even then. What are you going to say about these guys? You've got Tyreek Hill, who, according to touchdown production, is the best receiver over the last couple of years. You've got, hands down, the best statistical tight end of all time. You've got a very underrated running back. I know that he came out, Clyde Hilaire-Edwards, and disappointed people last season. But when you look at the stats, people were disappointed because your expectations were too high. He was a good rookie running back, and he's going to develop his passing game skills and be even more of a weapon for Pat Mahomes, who is, at least in my belief, the best quarterback in football. But we got 32 teams to get through, so let's move on and talk to our number talk about our number two team. And you know, I gotta put the Bills at number two. Man, they really shocked last year. Josh Allen stepped up to prove how elite and dominant of quarterback he can be. And oh my goodness, what a surprise Stefan Diggs was. As a Minnesota Vikings fan, I've known for a long time how good he was, and he even surprised me. I can't imagine how shocked the rest of the league must have been if you really didn't know a lot about Diggs at the time. And then they they add Emmanuel Sanders this offseason and even Matt Breida to help out that backfield a little bit. They made a lot of fairly solid moves um, this offseason, including one to address their biggest need, which in my opinion was pass rush. 
I don't think they had a single defensive player to get more than five sacks last season. And they went like, what, what was that, 13 and three, according to record? And so they go out in the first round and they take Greg Ross, who, by the way, could be, you know, just, I think he's going to be phenomenal, right? He's their first round pick. I believe he should have been drafted earlier. I'm surprised he fell to the 30th pick in the draft. And ultimately, this preseason, he's looked really good. All around, the one concern that they have is running back. And it's not a massive concern. I would call it a moderate concern, right? It's not something to ignore, but they've got a few running backs there in Singletary and Moss and now Brida. They've got some pieces. You've got the mobility and even some rushing numbers from your quarterback if needed. So really, that's it. Their defense is great. They've got awesome defensive backs. They're bolstering their defensive line. In fact, I think the first two picks, they went back-to-back defensive ends, and that was probably the right move for them. So my question for you guys is, you know, what do you think the Bills need to work on now? I like their offensive line. I like their receiving group. Um, really, I suppose the one thing is still Josh Allen. As great as he was last year, he missed some throws still. It was really interesting to see. He has continually improved his completion percentage and his ability to make plays, um, but he is still developing as a quarterback, right? He's not in his prime. This is a guy who's been in the league for just a couple of years, and quarterbacks don't usually peak until they're in their mid-30s. I mean, we're looking at some of the best seasons for guys like Tom Brady, for Peyton Manning, for Brett Favre. They're all, you know, after 35 years old. So that's certainly something to consider, that it's not out of the wheel of possibility to see Josh Allen get even better this season. Maybe not statistically, right? I don't think he's going to go out there and have a better season than the, what, 40 touchdowns he had this year. Um, But if he can prove in his maturity, make a few less mistakes, and be a little more well-prepared to face tough teams and good defenses, he could seriously help them out. And of course, they will absolutely be playing for a Super Bowl this season. At number three, we got to go with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're the defending Super Bowl champs, and there are certainly challenges that come with that, but they managed to return all 22 starters. They seem to be healthy, and, you know, they're not a team that's super old. Yes, their quarterback is old, but Brady has showed no signs of slowing down. It's really funny when your Hall of Fame greatest of all time quarterback is your only concern, and that's, that's really the case. His age is their only concern. The only thing that stops them from winning a Super Bowl is, one, another team just kicking it into high gear and absolutely kicking butt throughout the playoffs and squeaking out a win against the Bucs, or something happening to Brady like an injury or age getting to him and him slowing down and not playing like he's played, but there's no reason to expect that. Heck, look at it. The one thing that this team needed, because they had the wide receivers, they had the tight ends and the offensive line, their defense was super good at getting after the quarterback, way better than a lot of people give them credit for. The one thing was their running game, and they still made the running game work. They added Giovanni Bernard this offseason. Leonard Fournette down the stretch was good. And so, yeah, it was interesting to see that like that's their one weak spot, but they got their pass catching back now. And look down the stretch of the playoffs, when they were winning, when they were doing well, their running game was a lot better and they were making it work. So that's seriously something to note there that running game is not good for fantasy and it's not great, but it's not bad either. I would call it a pretty average backfield, but if that's your one big weakness, then you are sitting pretty. So we got to put the bucks right there again. How can you hate on a team who just won the Super Bowl and managed to return every single starter? That is nothing but good news. Here at number four, I'm going to go with the Rams. They are electric, and they have got a great coach in Sean McVay. I'm going to be honest. I'm I'm probably calling Sean McVay McVay my favorite coach in the NFL right now. Go back to last year, they were the number one defense. A couple years ago, they were the number one offense, and they were the number one offense with 
Jared Goff under center. So that tells you a lot about how productive they are. They've got great weapons, solid at tight end, two good wideouts, and they just traded. By the way, I think they gave up like a fourth and a fifth or a fifth and a sixth. It was nothing to bolster their backfield and get Sony Michelle. That was a solid addition, definitely going to help their backfield there as they've got injury concerns, not only Akers out for the year, but also I believe it was a fractured thumb or something for Daryl Henderson, who's been who's been hurt. Um, but you add Matthew Stafford. I'm a, I've said it this offseason. I'm going to say it again. That's an upgrade at quarterback. You get a much better QB there. You've got a running game and an offensive line that is, you know, not amazing, but I would call it a pretty good situation there. And you have the best defense in football, and that's not arguable whatsoever. Look at the stats, guys. Last year, they allowed the fewest amount of yards, the fewest yards per play, the fewest first downs, the lowest scoring drive percentage, the fewest points allowed. They give up just 5.1 yards per pass and 3.8 yards per rush. They are the best defense in football, and they will continue to be. Plus, with their quarterback change, they might bounce back to being one of the best offenses in football, and that is a combination that you cannot argue with. So I'm going to put them here at number four. At number five, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. That is just a fascinating team. Always been a huge fan of what John Harbaugh has done there. They get a great defense bolstered by the best number one and number two cornerback situation that I have seen. I think they've got just phenomenal pass coverage ability. I don't even want to break it down because I could talk forever and ever. But if I had to go up against a team that had a couple of stud wideouts, like say the Buccaneers who we just talked about, right? Like those are the two cornerbacks I'm going to pick. That's the kind of the defensive backs that I would lean on. It's a solid situation there. Going over to the offense, because that's what really needs to be talked about. You look back to last year, they were number one in rushing and dead last in passing. And I think that tells you everything you need to know. While they've got some weapons like Marquez Brown and Mark Andrews, they don't have enough pieces and they lack the little things. Like, for example, you know, maybe just a running back who could catch out of the backfield, right? J.K. Dobbins is a great runner, but he does not add a lot of versatility and dual threadedness to your backfield. That's going to hurt you a little bit. And hey, you go out there and you add some more wideouts like Sammy Watkins, you draft a wide receiver, and you've still got Marquez Brown. Uh, But ultimately, there's still concerns to your best pass catcher, who is Mark Andrews. And we've seen teams who can run and produce with just a tight end as their number one guy. For a long time, uh, Travis Kelsey was the number one, though now Tyreek Hill there, that makes a moot point. But Darryl, uh, Darren Waller, excuse me there for the Raiders, has proven that offense can produce that way, but you'll never be elite. And that's the thing that's holding them back. The Ravens are very good. They have a good offense, and they have a great defense, and they've got good coaching, and they've got what I would call the best kicker of all time in Justin Tucker. The only reason they don't crawl up a little bit higher in these spots is the lack of star power in the passing game. Lamar Jackson is not the best passer in the league. He's not necessarily a liability, but he is not going to make those guys great. He is not the Aaron Rodgers or the Tom Brady or the Peyton Mannings who can turn an Austin Collie into a thousand yard wide receiver. Like that's just, it's just not his role. So he needs some star power there. Look at what the Cardinals did. They saw what they had with Kyler Murray and they knew he needed some help. So they gave him DeAndre Hopkins. Didn't work out, wasn't able to happen for the Ravens to give him that star power. So hopefully one of those guys will step up. But until then, I'm going to keep him here at number five, which is still pretty darn high. So I'm certainly not hating on the Ravens. Up next, I'm actually going to go with the Cleveland Browns, who are a very well-rounded team. 
For starters, you got a good offensive line and the best one-two running back duo in the NFL. Nick Chubb, as Rob has really pointed out, according to a lot of stats, is a better pure runner than even a Derrick Henry. I mean, he is either one or two as the best runner in the league. That's how good Nick Chubb is. It's either him or Henry. Nobody else is anywhere up there near those guys. They're in the stratosphere. They just can't touch them. And then when your backup is Kareem Hunt, who could very well be, if he were the sole back in that offense, he'd be an RB1. He'd be a top 12 fantasy back. You have got just the ability to wear and tear and beat down defenses consistently in the ground and to use, again, Hunt out of the passing game a little bit is great. They've got two fair wide receivers there, right? you you got Jarvis Landry, who's been consistent and certainly is underrated. You've got Odell Beckham, who is not the Odell that he once was, but he's not, you know, not like he's a bench wideout. He's still got talent. He's still got the ability to help that offense. Um, but what I want to talk about is Baker Mayfield because Odell Beckham goes down last season and really felt like the second half of the year they were able to lean not on Odell Beckham but figure out that offense, get some things fixed. Kevin Stefanski really figured out the formula, so to speak, not necessarily that NFL offenses are formulaic, but that he was able to figure out what was going to work for them, and that's going to uh, bode really well for them moving into this season. But ultimately, Baker Mayfield is my big concern. Their defense is not perfect, but it is very much above average, and they've got the ability in the right games to shut down some good offenses. So again, for me, it's Baker Mayfield just wondering, can he produce, right? So you, you go into a playoff game, and you have to imagine that you know, anything can happen in a playoff game. So we start running scenarios, right? You want to win the Super Bowl. You want to be consistent win your division and be just truly a championship team. You're going to face a team that is going to put up a lot of points on you. Like, I'm, I don't care how good your defense is. At some point, a team is going to score on you. And so imagine that you go against Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson puts up a ton of points on you, which is pretty reasonable. You play him twice in the regular season and may have to play him a third time in the playoffs. Do I trust Baker Mayfield to match a 35 or 45 point outing by the opposing offense? Do I trust him to go against a good defense in a tough matchup and put up big points? I don't. He's not a bad quarterback. You know, he is a quarterback that can win a Super Bowl, but he is not a quarterback that will carry you to a Super Bowl. So I hope everyone understands kind of what I mean by that. Uh, Baker Mayfield for me is why they aren't lower, but also why they're not higher because he's a good quarterback, but he's not great. And I tend to feel like we have seen the ceiling for Baker Mayfield's career. And I know that that maybe sounds a bit extreme. And I don't even mean his statistical ceiling. I just mean that at this point, what you see is what you get with Baker. I could be wrong about that. What I said earlier about quarterbacks peaking at 35 is certainly true. So at some point, we will probably see a much better Baker than we have right now. But I also don't feel like he's at this point where he's continually improving. And for the next four or five years, he's just going to get better and better and better. I don't know if that's true, um, but that's just my prediction. So that's where I'm putting him here. So up next at number seven, I've got the Green Bay Packers. And the Packers are a team I want to move up higher. I really do. With Aaron Rodgers under center, Devontae Adams catching passes, and even the emergence of Robert Tanyan, I definitely, definitely want to move them up higher. But I just can't do it. With the concerns of all the offseason drama, my first thing is, hey, there are some really good, really talented players who have been working their butts off this offseason, and it's really hard for me to see a team like Green Bay competing with those teams who have been dead serious, shooting you know, every day, trying to do their best 
working out, training, practicing, getting better, not causing drama. Like, so yeah, I bumped into a few spots for that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm not. There are a few other things, you know, to address there. Like they desperately need a wide receiver too. You go into a matchup against a key playoff team. And we did this with the Browns. So I want to do this again with the Packers because the Packers defense is not bad, but they are not elite. They're not great. And they're not locked down. When the Packers go up against a team like the Chiefs or the Packers go up against the Buccaneers, those teams will score points on them. It's going to happen. Okay, great. So then you take a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He's going to go out there and, you know, can you compete in that situation if Devontae Adams gets shut down, right? If a cornerback manages to kind of hold Devontae Adams to a more quiet day and you make some of the right moves, like, They are not an invulnerable offense. So again, I know it's weird for me to just kind of pick and choose some teams and put them in scenarios, but I hope you understand that like some games, they're going to look unstoppable. Aaron Rodgers is going to be elite and phenomenal and dominant, but other games, it's not always the case. We have seen them struggle in some games. Like if you're able to figure out your front seven against the Packers and you're able to push the quarterback and stop the run. You put them in a tough situation. He doesn't have the depth, right? Even though the emergence of Robert Tanya was exciting, it's hard for me to trust a quarterback who had the highest touchdown percentage of his career and threw 60% of those TDs to two guys. He needed to spread the ball out more. I wonder if there'll be a bit of statistical regression this season. So I'm going to put him here at number seven because the drama and everything going on. They lack a little star power on defense. I'd like to see him get one more big key weapon there if I was going to you know, bump them up into that top three or top four. But either way, seven is still very high. The Packers will likely win the division and will very likely be in the playoffs competing for a Super Bowl. Here at number eight, I've got the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason they're at number eight has nothing to do with what you think. I don't even want to talk about last season's ups and the downs and and kind of all over the place that they had. I get it. You know what's going to happen? Every once in a while, teams get streaky. You know, we think of baseball as a streaky sport, football and basketball, and any sport can be a streaky sport. You get into a rhythm or you get out of a rhythm. You know what? It's going to hurt you. I think they made some right moves to figure out this offseason what the issue was. They're going to you know, kind of switch that running game a bit more. But ultimately, it's not the offense for me. You've got Russell Wilson, who is, in my mind, the number two quarterback in the league right now. Look at it statistically since he's entered the NFL. Russell Wilson has been insane, and he's been producing even when he didn't have weapons to throw to. Um, for me, it comes down to the defense. They are a liability you are not going to stop Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. You're not going to stop the Packers. I, I struggle to see the Seattle Seahawks being able to stop the Browns. Honestly, I do. Their defense is not what it needs to be. If you're going to be playing for a Super Bowl, it needs to be better. But again, that being said, I got huge faith in that offense. Those wide receivers are phenomenal. Your quarterback is elite. You've got a good backfield and a sturdy and solid offensive line. Just need better from that defense, right? It's pretty straightforward. It's pretty simple. I don't have a lot else to say on that because pretty obvious um hopefully in this next offseason they'll grab some more defensive talent make some free agent moves and they will bolster that or maybe they'll just surprise us this season who knows but for right now they are hindered by that defense period all right next up i'm going to put the saints and i love a lot about the saints but i'm concerned about a lot of other things so for one their defense is massively underrated they are one of those teams that is a top defense in the NFL. I know you don't see them that way, but it is the truth. They have a very solid defense. It's great. And got Alvin Kamara. Other than that, there's concerns. 
you know, we might not see Michael Thomas play at all this season, right? And if he does, it's going to be 10 or 12 weeks or 14 weeks or whatever it may be. And you don't have a number two wide receiver. You lost your tight end and cook. I mean, really, we're talking about like passing game weapons. You put Jameis or Taysom Hill out there and you know what's going to happen. Their best weapon right now is Callaway, which I like Marquez Callaway. But last year, he was really a bit of a rookie disappointment. Now we've seen guys who have taken the leap from year one to year two. It happens a lot. And I think he will be. But I don't know if he's ready to be such a good wide receiver one that I can blow off all the concerns I have about their lacking of weapons in the passing game. Alvin Kamara is great. He's going to get a lot of volume. He's going to be a fantasy stud, but he cannot carry that offense alone. Addressing the quarterbacks, it seems clear to me that Jameis Winston will be and should be the starter, but I do not see Jameis Winston as a Super Bowl contending quarterback. If they're smart, they're going to use their running back a lot. They're going to play defense really well. They're going to play things close to the vest, kick lots of field goals, try to avoid the turnover game, and hope to develop their wide receivers and get some of their guys healthy. But as of right now, major concerns for that offense, major, major concerns for that offense to the point where I'm keeping them here at this spot, but maybe I should drop them down lower. That could certainly be the case. At number 10, I've got the Washington football team. They really seem to put some things together there. I love the system that they have got in place. I can even go back to the the playoffs last season. They were competing pretty solid with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, here's my concerns. I'm just going to put out there, lack of star power. Their defense is good, but it's not bolstered by any one guy, right? They don't have the Richard Sherman or Dale Revis at cornerback that, that is absolutely locked down. They don't have the the J.J. or T.J. Watt on the offensive line to just be this dominating threat that scares offensive linemen. Same kind of, to be honest with you, they've got a similar problem on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback in Fitzpatrick, um, okay, maybe good, definitely not great. Running back Antonio Gibson, I love him, but he's not Christian McCaffrey. He's not Saquon Barkley, and he doesn't need to be, but I think you need one of those guys on the offensive side of the ball. Maybe that's Terry McLaurin. I know Rob's a huge fan of him. I see him as a solid wide receiver one, but I don't see him as a, you know, a DeAndre Hopkins type. I just, I think on both sides of the football, they need one more guy who's just a super solid stud and they don't quite have it. So for me, that's a concern. You know, maybe they're going to coach things better. Maybe they're going to develop more. Those young guys are continue to improve. That's certainly the case. But for right now, I think star power is the issue for Washington. And you know what? Now we have got at number 11, the Miami Dolphins. And I'm going to say pretty much exactly what I said for Washington, which is that their defense is great. Now, they don't lack star power on the defensive side of the football. Howard is phenomenal. They have got some serious talent there in Miami on the defensive side. But on the offensive side, they're missing some things. One, massive concerns about Tua. And, you know, I could get into it all day, but how can you expect him to compete for a Super Bowl if he's going to play anything like he played last year? But even if he steps it up, right, even if he improves and he becomes a 25 to 30 touchdown quarterback who only throws 10 interceptions and he looks like a solid QB, you still lack a little bit, right? You've got okay wideouts and you've got okay tight end and an okay running back. And it just seems like okay across the board is all the weapons that they have. And again, that would probably be fine if you had Kyler Murray or Lamar or if you had Pat Mahomes, but you don't. You've got Tua, so you either need him to step up or the other players around him to step up. Until that happens, I'm keeping them right where I've got them. 
At number 12, we've got the Steelers. They have a fair defense. It's not great, but they've got key playmakers, and they're able to get after the quarterback. Maybe just some concerns at the linebacker and in the secondary other than Minka Fitzpatrick. Turning to the offense, you've got your running back. He's proven he can catch out of the backfield, and he's a physical guy. Love Najee Harris. You've got three good wide receivers. I love the competitiveness I've seen from Ben Roethlisberger this offseason. He looks phenomenal. Ultimately, you have the same issue that you had last year, same concern, the reason they're not higher. I do not trust your offensive line. And you know what? You can get by with a bad offensive line. We saw the Minnesota Vikings do it many years ago. They started 5-0 and and didn't make the playoffs because their offensive line was a liability, and teams will figure that out. We're going to come out week one, and they're going to do some tricks, and they're going to you know, kind of do some sneaky things, and they're going to cover their offensive line, and they're going to play well, and they're going to be good. But over the course of a 17 and 18 and 19 games, they're not going to be able to keep that up, especially when you get into the playoffs against good teams who know your weaknesses. They will expose you. And for me, I just was really hoping the Steelers would address that more this offseason, and they definitely did not. At number 13, we've got the Tennessee Titans. Oh, my goodness. Ryan Tannehill, seriously underrated. A.J. Brown, elite. Julio Jones, Hall of Famer. Derrick Henry, one of, if not the best running backs in the NFL. Their offensive line, good. They have got so many things in place. They are one of, if not the best offense in the NFL. They really are. But they also have the worst defense of any of the defenses we have talked about so far. It's not just a liability, because I feel like a liability is a term you put out there for something that might be a problem or could or will be a problem. It has been a problem. It is a problem. It will continue to be a problem. They just they need to figure out that defense. I don't know what they're going to do this season, but unless they seriously manage to develop players, coach well, and put things in the right situation... They're going to be struggling, right? And they're in a bad division, I think. They really do think that they are. You're going to play Houston and Jacksonville and even the Colts now, who if the Colts continue to have these injury issues, they could just coast with a phenomenal record, and their record's going to make them seem like I dropped them way too low in our power rankings. And, man, Christian, you're an idiot, and you don't know anything, and the Titans are insane, and then they're going to get in the playoffs, and bam, they're going to get rocked. It's going to happen. I mean, you're going to play a good team, and they're going to score points on you, and they're going to slow down your offense. And I, I'm really curious to see what they do for their defense this season. And maybe I'll be wrong about their defense. If I am, they move into the top five because that's how good their offense is. At number 14, surprisingly, I got the Bears. Their defense is really good. I trust Justin Fields. If he can be what I think that he is, I think they'll actually be the second-best team in this division. You've got weapons like Allen Robinson there and David Montgomery who have really proven themselves to be a lot better than people expected. It's all been an issue of quarterback play, and that is really it. While I don't think that Justin Fields is going to be elite, I don't think he's going to have you know this next dominant, insane fantasy season. I don't see him as a 30-touchdown quarterback his rookie year. He needs to use his legs. He needs to play the game script and make plays at certain times. But if he is able to do that, they are going to be fairly good this year. I don't think they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. I don't think they'll win the division. But, you know, maybe finish around 500, show some promise, and prove you've got the future of your franchise. That could very well be what this season is for the Bears. All right, here at number 15, we've got the Colts. I want to put them higher. I do. Their defense is great. you got a good kicker. You've got a good running back duo, and actually probably the second-best running back duo in the league. You've got a good offensive line, but you do not have your quarterback situation figured out. I love Carson Wentz, but clearly he is not healthy. 
that's a big problem. Even if he is healthy, some of you were concerned that he just wasn't a good quarterback. And I would probably disagree with that, but that's a fair opinion to have. And you do not have the weapons in the passing game. Your best passing game weapon is sadly probably a washed up T.Y. Hilton. How do you expect to compete against teams when you either are starting a bench quarterback or an injured starter who doesn't have weapons to throw to? I mean, it's just we live in the NFL where you need to score points, and I don't trust the Colts to score points. So, boom, down the list, way down the list. They would be much higher if I trusted that offense and that passing game, but I don't trust that passing game. On a side note, love those running backs. Oh, my goodness. Naheem Hines has got to be the second. Other than Kareem Hunt, in my mind, he is the he's the second best backup runner. I mean, he could be a starter. He could be, you know, an Austin Eckler in another offense. But hey, they've got Jonathan Taylor, who is phenomenal. Look at our running back rankings video to hear what I had to say on him. Love that guy. All right, so here we've got the Cardinals. I believe they're at number 16. And this is a tough one. Maybe I'm wrong about this, right? But for me, it comes down to, can they even compete to win their division um, and even then, are they going to be a wild card team? I just don't see them winning enough games. And if they were in another division, say with the Jaguars and the Texans, I'd probably have them as a divisional winner there, at least competing. Um, but you've got the 49ers and you've got the Seahawks and it's just, just plain and simple. It's a tough division to win in. I don't see them winning the division this year unless the defense steps up. We see some more maturity from Kyler Murray, who, by the way, has the shoulder injury that you should probably be at least slightly concerned about. You still need your wide receiver, two to emerge. You still need a tight end weapon. You've got concerns in the backfield. I think they can make do with a guy like James Robinson, but or excuse me, James Conner, uh, but I don't think that they can lean on him as you know to kind of carry that offense. Um, so ultimately, for me, it stacks up as a ton of little concerns in one of, if not the toughest divisions in football, so this is where I put the Cardinals, but they should be much, much higher in another division, or if they could fix some things, I just necessarily don't trust that they will. At number 17, we've got the Cowboys. Love CeeDee Lamb, love Dak Prescott, love Zeke, love everything about that offense. Um, they are the Titans, but worse, right? Same issue with the defense, but at least I feel like there's some solid coaching staff there for the Titans to kind of bolster that defense up. I don't like the coaching staff there for Dallas. I feel like they made some really bad moves on the defensive side of the football, and you've got further concerns with the you know injury and recovery of your quarterback. So for those reasons, number 17, that's the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to keep it that short and that simple. I don't care how good your wideouts are. I don't care how good your running back is. We have concerns about your quarterback health. And even if you're putting up 400 yards a game like you did last year, you were still losing games because your defense is one of the worst in the league. So no, not a big fan of them right now, at least as far as their ability to compete for a Super Bowl. Unless, as I've said a few times, maybe I'll be wrong about their defense and they'll surprise me, but probably not. This is the Cowboys. Uh, number 18, we got the 49ers. A lot of talent there. There really is. But you've got quarterback concerns. I mean, your best quarterback right now is probably Trey Lance. And in the preseason, 35% of his passing attempts were uncatchable, right? He just was not accurate. So your best case scenario is to go back to Jimmy Garoppolo, who you were not happy with before. And there's a reason you took a quarterback so dang early. You've also got a backfield that's talented but injury prone and a wide receiving core that's talented but injury prone and a tight end that's very talented but very injury prone. 
and a defense that's one of the best in the league, but very injury prone. Um, I hate to lean super heavily on why I'm bumping them down as they have injury issues, but really it seems like every player on that team has health concerns except the quarterbacks who I can't trust. I like the 49ers in a, you know, in a year or in two years. I think they're Super Bowl contenders, but they need to get some things in place because it's just, man, even the players who are good, they're never healthy. And, you know, when you have that many players hurt last year, I expect a good majority of them will get re-injured this year. But I don't want to get too much into that. Let's move on. Uh, here we got the Patriots. I believe, what are we at? Number 17, 18, number 19. Sorry, I lost track there. Uh, they get the opposite issue as plenty of other teams we've talked about. Their defense is great. Their offense is garbage. You still don't have the wide receivers that I'd like to see you have, though your tight ends are better, and I like your backfield, man. I do. But you did lose some depth by trading away Sony Michelle. You just don't have a quarterback right? I mean, you just don't have quarterback. I don't like Cam Newton and his ability to produce. I don't like Mac Jones. I think that their situation is bad enough that even if they did everything else right, they still probably wouldn't win the division. And we've seen some real issues with a lack of innovate and produce as an offense from that team. So putting them here at number 19, that offense is brutal. Uh, At number 20, I've got the Minnesota Vikings. The defense uh, said about a few teams, horrible. Um, it's just horrible, but let's be honest. And we've seen this as the Minnesota Vikings, even if that defense was good, I don't trust Kirk cousins to win in big games. You've got massive concerns with your best offensive player. Who's Dalvin cook. And I know there's some great, you know, I know Justin Jefferson and I'm feeling are great, but I think their most valuable player is Dalvin cook who does it both on the ground and in the air has not been healthy like ever in his career. So even if you keep him healthy and you manage to keep Adam Thielen playing young like he was for a few games last year, and you fix that defense and you get everything in place. Do you trust them to come out with the win in a big game, a game like against the Packers to win the division? Kirk Cousins, I don't, and you shouldn't. They're here at number 24. A lot of reasons, um, but ultimately it just comes down to maybe too much experience as a Vikings fan. Here we've got the Oakland Raiders. You've got your running back set. You've got a quarterback who's pretty underrated. In fact, this offense as a whole is underrated. Uh, Look back to last season. They went toe-to-toe scoring points right alongside with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I believe actually beat them. Um, They were a pretty good offense last year. You still need some wide receiver help, but hey, you added one guy, and you still need to work on your defense. You've got a lot of issues, but this is a very, very well-coached team with a quarterback that in Derek Carr, you know, is certainly not Pat Mahomes. We know that by now, but he's definitely underrated. I'm hearing people say that they need a new quarterback. They don't. They need a lot of things. Quarterback is one thing they don't. So they come in here at number 21. Up next, I would have to go with the Denver Broncos. They just said that Teddy Bridgewater will be their week one starter. And I like Teddy Bridgewater. He is a best option for them. And you've got a few things in place, like some young wide receivers who show potential. And, you know, a few running backs that I like there in Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. You've got some defenses in place. This is not the Denver defense that we knew a couple years ago. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has proven he will never be a Super Bowl winning QB. There's a reason so many teams have moved on from him. You've got some pieces there in place. You do. Like, I like a lot about the Broncos, but man, you still haven't figured out your quarterback. Like, I'm sorry, but even the Panthers didn't, like, even the Panthers didn't want Teddy Bridgewater, you know? Like, how many teams have to move on from a quarterback before you, you realize, hey, maybe he's not the guy? You've got good wide receivers, but not elite. 
I do like Noah Fant. He's a pretty darn good tight end. He'll be fun to watch this season catching passes from Bridgewater. But um, just another issue. Like, you get a good defense, not great. You got good wide receivers, not great. You got good running backs, not great. And your quarterback situation is not good. So, you know, they're one of those teams that's going to finish with a mediocre record, but with a very low ceiling. Like, they'll probably finish near their peak because they'll be well-coached, competitive, and do their best to win, but they will not be as good as they, they might seem. If that makes any sense, hopefully that does. All right, guys. And, you know, at this point, I think I'm just going to speed this up. We got 10 teams left. I'm going to list them off. We're going to go through them really quick because there's not a whole lot to talk about here. They're not competing for a Super Bowl. They've got too many, too big of issues. They won't even be middle of the road, in my opinion. So so let's just let's look at it. Let's go over it. We get the Falcons. Um, defense, horrible. Running game is going to be interesting. You got some ability there, but even your talented players aren't young. You don't have depth at wide receiver. You just lost your Hall of Fame guy, and, and I don't trust your coaching staff, and I don't trust your offensive line. And your best talent is a rookie who we just, at tight end, that we just haven't seen. So even him, as excited as I am, like, do you trust that? I don't, I don't know what to say there. I just don't, I see a lot of upside in their ability to play, but even if they win some games by surprise, you know, there's just nothing there. We continue on with another list like that. And, you know, the Panthers love the Panthers, you know, giving another chance to Sam Darnold. And you've got Christian McCaffrey, but you lost one of your wide receivers. You've got a quarterback that even the Jets didn't want. And you've got a good running back, but who's coming back from injury? Like, I don't care how elite Christian McCaffrey is. That's a concern. I think he's the number one running back in football, but he makes me nervous. Like, how much of a drop off will he have this year? Go back to to last season, he was healthy. He was the best running back in football, and they still couldn't get it done. Now, if he's not the best running back in football, because for some reason he's not at 100%, then you're going to be even worse than that. And again, you lost another wideout since then. Um, The the list goes on. The Giants, um, you could get everything in place there, but it's the same situation where your running back is your best player, and he's not healthy, and I don't trust your quarterback. Um, in fact, Barkley may not even be playing for the first couple of weeks. The Bengals are a mess. Your offensive line is garbage. You just added a good wide receiver, but not enough to fix the fact that your quarterback had to deal with the most drops out of any quarterback. Um, the Jaguars, offensive line issues still. You just lost one of your players at running back. They're one of your weapons, and your defense is bad. And, you know, you've definitely got some hiccups to go through with the coaching staff being kind of, you know, first-time head coach in the NFL, first-time dealing with this. The Eagles, um, you don't have wide receivers. Your tight ends at this point are actually a bit of a mess. Your quarterback, Jalen Hurts, is I think he's going to be the next Drew Locke disappointment. Your defense definitely stinks, and your offensive line is old and banged up and hurt. And you got the Texans. Don't even get me started on the Texans. Your best player probably won't even play this season, and if he does, you still don't have a defense or an offensive line. You get the Lions. Uh, you were bad last year, bad enough to get one of the top picks, and you just lost your best player at quarterback. And then finally, you've got the Jets, who um, you added a quarterback. Great. Um, you're lacking like everything else if he manages to be the quarterback you think he can be. And it's been a long time since we've seen them compete. But again, we're really sitting there talking about the bottom of the NFL. There's not a whole lot of interesting stuff to say about those sort of teams like the Lions, who will, again, be competing for a first overall pick. But hey, we'll see what's in the draft next year, what's available for those teams 
pick up and try to turn their teams around. Here's my question for you. What is the one team that looks great but will stink? And what is the one team who looks horrible What will be that will be good? Because every year it happens. A couple of teams surprise us. And I want to know what your guys' predictions are. That's it for me, guys. That was a long video, all 32 teams, what I thought of them. Hopefully you enjoyed it. And me and Rob will be getting back at another fantasy video here soon. As always, you guys have a great day and God bless.